Hello, Hanyaks. Welcome back to another Blessings from Tragedy edition of the Rambling Viking podcast. It kind of feels like these episodes are more or less taking over the pod, and you know what? I don't have a problem with that, except for the fact that maybe it might have to lead to a rebrand, but that's beside the point. So today, I've got a very personal one, one that's very close to home for me, and a very powerful one. My good friend, and you know him, the right-hand Hanyak, Connor, is... Coming on today to tell his story about being diagnosed with MS in his mid-20s and how that has since turned his life around in most ways for the better. Obviously, having MS makes life difficult, so there have been hardships with that. But yet, despite, well, actually because of said hardships, he has been able to turn a lot of things in his life around and really kind of find a new lease on life. It's an incredible story and a lot of stuff that maybe I didn't even know or just had forgotten. So it's really, really good. And it happens to be, today happens to be Walk MS. So the MS Society, like most of you know the societies that are supporting whatever, Alzheimer's, dementia, cancer, you know, all those societies, they do their walks to raise money, raise awareness, because obviously we want to be able to cure and treat these diseases. Well, MS, for the most part, is a ghost, and they don't really know a lot of the causes or anything like that. So today, I'm releasing it as a part of Walk MS. We are at the walk right now, if you're listening to this in the morning. And so if you're if it's early enough, you could still get involved. But if not, I have posted the link to specifically Connor's team for Walk EMS, but um, you don't have to donate to the team specifically. You can just donate to the movement and you don't even have to do that. But uh, it's a great story. I buckle in because it's a wild ride and it's one that will really open your perspective. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I hope you learn. I learned a lot about MS and to me, it's a disease that doesn't one of the, another one doesn't really get talked about that much. So I'll end my babbling here so we can get to the podcast at large. And just remember, go check out the links in the description. Go check out the MS Society. Donate if you want. Uh, all donations will be appreciated as we work towards hopefully finding something at least closer to a cure or understanding this disease more than we already do. But without further ado, here is Connor's walk through MS. Well, here we are, fixing to tell one heck of a story. So I'm here with Connor, and he has got a story locked and loaded, blessings from tragedy. Uh, as you already know, probably from my intro that I recorded after the fact. So who knows what I've said in the previous however many minutes <laughs> leading up to this. But we're live here with Connor. So Connor, thank you for being willing to come on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Cool. So your story, I mean, I'll just let you take it away because I don't even know where to begin or what to say, how to preface. So just just take it away, my man. Yeah. Okay. Um just to kind of get get out in front of it, I have relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis. So MS um, is the you know the normal thing that you hear said, um, and kind of how I found out about this. Um, it was that back in 2016, um, I was my wife and I had a rent house, the only rent house I guess we've ever had, but a rent house. <laughs> And uh, we were moving paint cans up into the attic. And it was one of those old school, you know, you pull down from the ceiling in the garage and you go up that rickety ladder that you think is, there's no way this can hold anything. Mm -hmm. It was one of those. 
So going up and down, taking paint cans up, and I think about the third time up, my left leg just started trembling. Hmm. Just shaking, 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 and it would not stop. And, you know, immediately, of course, I'm like, all right, I guess I'm done. Um, I don't know what I did. Maybe I tweaked it somehow. This is weird. Doesn't really hurt. Just it's shaking. I don't really want to go up ladders anymore. So, you know, we just move on and I forget about it. And about three weeks later, because I was not in good shape, wasn't exercising regularly, anything like that. So three weeks later, I was working out in our front yard, uh, pulling weeds or something like that. And it started shaking again. I'm like, that's, that's really kind of weird. But between being both just kind of stubborn and, uh, not being, you know, constantly working and Mm. working out, exercising, getting myself to the point of exhaustion, stuff like that. I didn't really notice. I didn't really notice it Mm. much walking around, stuff like that. Real quick. So when you say trembling, was it like, I think most people maybe had some like minor like spasms, you know, was it, was it kind of like that kind of trembling? Like how, how, I guess how aggressive was the trembling? It was, it's kind of like, um, if you get fidgets or, you know, Mm. you, you, if you remember like in uh, grade school, high school, the one kid who would just be bouncing his leg Kind of like that? Yeah, against the desk. And you're like, dude, why are you doing that? It's like that, except I'm standing and I can't control. Okay. So it's just kind of bouncing up and down. Just kind of hopping. Yeah. Okay. And like I said, didn't hurt. It Hmm. was just bizarre. Hmm. So this goes on for a while. Once again, I'm not working out. I mean, at that point, I think I was weighing around 215 or so, um, just out of shape drinking massive amounts of coca-cola every day probably 50 60 ounces because it was disgusting yeah no it was it was awful that's burt kreischer levels yeah (laughs) that's that is probably a pretty accurate way to go about it and so not long after that uh, my wife and i bought our first home and Mm. we are doing diy projects all the time because well we didn't have no money so we wanted to do stuff to this older house, and DIY was the only way to go. And we're pulling out stuff. We're doing all that stuff. My leg just is shaking yeah. all the time. And it was probably right around then also that I get food poisoning. Just oh. happenstance, um, fast national fast food pizza chain Domino's. <laughs> that I got it and just, you know, was out. Yeah. And whenever that happened, I didn't throw up or anything like that. I really don't do that ever. I couldn't walk. I had zero balance, had no strength in my left leg, couldn't walk. And had fever that had a crazy fever that night. You know, it broke, you know, I sweat and all that stuff. And then I was okay, but I could not walk for a full day. So at that point, I, I was like, okay, I... I gotta go to the doctor because at that point you know I'm still 24 thinking I'm invincible Mm -hmm. still you know like a fool (laughs) so I go to the first uh, just you know whatever it'd be family medicine doctor just a primary physician Um, and I go and I tell him you know I don't really hurt it just doesn't work sometimes I don't get it Uh, what's going on here so he has me walk around and he watches me and um he says, hey, I think you might have radiculopathy. 
and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> what? As it turns out, it's not nearly as fun as it sounds. Oh. It just means basically that you have uh, a nerve is kind of pinched or just... Oh, okay. Like, it's something but that... But it's called ridiculopathy? It's called ridiculopathy. <laughs> And it's apparently very, very standard. Like, a lot, mm-hmm. that's not, like, a unique thing. Mm-hmm. It's just hearing that. It sounds like a pinched nerve. Anytime yeah, I'm, that's any, kind I'm of say the, ridiculopathy every time yeah, I have a pinched nerve. Yeah, and I nerve. might be misremembering some of the specifics there, but, yeah. <laughs> sounds, I know it was for sure ridiculopathy. Sounds I accurate to me. I do know that, and I know that, you know, I might have a pension for making up words sometimes, but that is not one. And it sounds like one I would, but it's not in this case. Oh, so he says, okay, if you have that, your insurance is going to cover yeah. this. We're going to do a lower back MRI because I think maybe you have a legitimate like pinched nerve mm. or uh, nerve compression down there from maybe arthritis and stuff like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, sure. I buy it. Why not? Do the, do the MRI on my lower back. And it comes back that my lower back is uh, just riddled with arthritis, which isn't shocking. Played football in high school, uh, baseball, basketball, the whole nine. But that doesn't really explain what's going on with the leg. So So that's encouraging. (laughs) That's encouraging. Looking for radiculopathy. Oh, by the way, arthritis. Yeah. And the real thing, uh, this was... Perhaps the most frustrating thing was he comes back and says uh, the only thing he sent, you know, in a message basically was, okay, looks like you have arthritis. And um, so for the pain, take ibuprofen. And if that doesn't work, uh, talk to our pain management, Mercy Pain Management Mm -hmm. Center. That was it. That's all. That was all. And I was taken aback. Until finally I was like, all right, I got to message him back. Man, I'm not in pain. Yeah. I don't hurt. I, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing? And at that point, I was pretty like, forget this. Mm-hmm. I don't even care anymore. I'm not going to talk to him. I've never been back to that doctor since. As you shouldn't have. Because that's ridiculous. It's an important <laughs> lesson to learn that like. Just because they're a doctor doesn't mean you shouldn't go get a second opinion. Right. So I was pretty well done with it. It's whatever. Um, And that was a few months go by because he immediately says, all right, we'll do a brain MRI and schedules it out for about three months out. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do that. These things are expensive. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going on with me at all. I don't know. I'll just leave it there and I'll think about it for a few months. And so I'm just going along, just living... As normal as I guess I'm, I can or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm living fairly normal at this point. And about two months in, uh, my dad calls me and says, "Hey, uh, kiddo, I have. A, I went to high school with a guy who's a physical therapist there in Oklahoma City. Um, been there for a long time. He's the head of a department of some kind, and he agreed. Um, he'll go." And do some tests on you. You know, you just go in. You guys will do some tests, and he'll kind of see if he he notices anything different. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. You know, my dad had all of, like, 20 people in his class in high school, so he knows the guy fairly well. Yeah. <laughs> so I go, and he has me run through tests, you know, lifting up one leg, do 
um, lunges, up and down stairs, stuff like that. And it was it was pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Like not as ugly as it prob- maybe could have been. I didn't like fall down completely, mm-hmm. but ooh, it, a lot of struggles, a lot of losing the balance, mm-hmm. a lot of having to put the hands on the ground to be able to stabilize myself, all that kind of stuff. And he's like, okay, yeah, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll talk to some people and I'll get back to you. So I'm like, okay, well, that was kind of weird that you didn't give me anything, but that's fine. It's, it's fine. And so the next day, my dad calls me again and says, hey, I think, uh, I think I'm going to call the dad card here and I think you're going to, you should go ahead and do the brain MRI. Okay. I'm like, okay yeah no i'll yeah that's fine i'll go ahead and do that you know i was kind of on the fence about it and it's already scheduled so yeah sure i'll go ahead and do it but then before the brain mri actually even happens it just so happens that uh that physical therapist is next door neighbors with a neurologist who also agreed to see me (laughs) well so i go in do tests on him you know have balance tests Mm has uh checks my uh reflexes mm-hmm. some stuff like that has me stand up stand up close my eyes and touch my fingertips yeah. to my nose and go all the way back out some stuff like that and he's like yeah i agree you should go ahead and do the uh brain mri and he gave me a whole list of potentials you know it could be um oh, i can't even remember all of them but he mm-hmm. did in fact say ms was an mm-hmm. unlikely one but it is in there mm-hmm. so i'm like okay yeah sure you know, I'm. I was on the. I was pretty well gonna do the brain MRI anyway, but let's go ahead and do it. I'm in. And so then I go ahead and it was probably maybe a week later, I do the brain MRI and lo and behold, not only do I clearly have multiple sclerosis, I was having an active attack at that time. Oh my! Gosh. Because whenever you do MRIs, at least for um, MS, mm-hmm. you get scans. So they put me in there, do scans of my brain, and then they pull me out and inject me with contrast. Mm-hmm. So that way, if you are having, I don't know why this works science, but if you are having an active attack and they put the contrast in, it glows bright white. Okay. No clue, but I was having an active attack. If I wouldn't have had one, chances are they would have been like kind of looks like ms but we can't be for sure uh-huh. but because i was having an active attack it was guaranteed wow that means that there was no issues with insurance that means there was no questions it was just boom 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 hmm. which looking back incredible <laughs> yeah. that that was going on so i get the results or he tells me the results and you know, I, of course, start leave work, start crying, all that good, yeah. good fun stuff. Because growing up, I had only known one person with MS before. And it was uh, a Sunday school teacher I had growing up who had walking canes with both hands and could mm-hmm. not get around. I had a friend. I had a friend in school whose mom had it. Now, she never I don't ever remember seeing her with like walking assistance or anything like that. But I do remember but I do remember like there like sometimes like she wouldn't be able to go and do things or go on field trips or whatever because for whatever reason and I like that was my exposure right and so that was mine and my parents both Mm -hmm. all three of our exposure that that was it was Mm -hmm. that one lady 
who could not move around yeah basically and all and i'm already having leg issues so there was i mean fear Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh my neurologist called me that evening and gave me told me you know it is for sure ms but with the way everything is going now you don't have to inject yourself all the time like you used to even five ten years ago really Mm. um right now you just take a pill twice a day and i haven't had hardly any uh future attacks because the whole point of the medicine is to prevent future attacks for to prevent you from uh degenerating more Mm -hmm. basically it just wants to keep you where you are yeah that's the entire goal just hold the line essentially yes that is the whole goal so two things then so from kind of moving crap into the attic to that diagnosis what was the time span so the time span there was about a year and three months. Okay. So I got the first uh, lower back MRI maybe nine months or so after the attic. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, pride, uh, ignorance, laziness. Well, I don't go to the doctor. There you go. Yeah, I didn't either. (laughs) Sure did not. I mean, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Like, not long before that, at the job I had before the one um, that I had when I got diagnosed, Mm -hmm. they had a high-deductible health care plan. And the one I went to did not, and I was grumpy about it because I had to pay more every month. And then, looking back... That worked out in your favor. It absolutely did. (laughs) There's so many things that have just been like, oh, Okay. okay. So then I have MS. It's clear cut. And so second thing, sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I cut you off. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second thing. So, okay. So, I just wanted to kind of get the timeline as yeah. far as start to finish there. And then second thing was could you and you might have plans to go into this further, uh-huh. but could you just kind of um or if you're about to go into it, just tell me to kick rocks, but um kind of just very brief like okay, so what is MS and then what are attacks? Right. Yeah. So I am about to do that. Okay. I just wanted okay. to close the well, chapter, rocks, the origin uh, chapter. Fair. I really only had one more thing was, you know how I said um, the physical therapist didn't really tell me anything, mm-hmm. what he thought. Well, it turns out he told my dad that he thought I had a brain tumor. <sighs> and that's why my dad called in the dad card and said, you need to go ahead and yeah. get this brain MRI. Jeez. So I... It makes my wife a little grumpy that he didn't tell me yeah. that immediately. But at the same time, I get it. No, well, imagine this. Imagine you're a physical therapist and your buddy from high school says, hey, my son's having some problems. Can you go check him out? And then you're like, and then everything you're telling you is like, this is brain tumor. Yeah. I don't know this kid. Like, right. I know my friend. Yeah. So I don't really blame him for yeah, that. No, so. I, I, looking back, I don't either. But, mm. you know, <laughs> that. so that was the, that's the whole right. uh, me getting diagnosed with ms and so like you said now ms is uh it's an autoimmune disease to where your brain of course with all autoimmune your uh antibody cells believe that you are the enemy instead of Mm -hmm. viruses infections stuff like that it believes that you are the virus the infection and specifically with ms what it does is it attacks the myelin sheath that in your brain and then your spinal cord also that covers your nerves so it kind of the it attacks the stuff that protects your nerves so they don't just fire off when they shouldn't and they don't you know 
either it does, it fires off when it shouldn't or it doesn't fire off when it should be. Mm-hmm. So that and so whenever that sheath is gone, it just starts doing going haywire. Okay. Both all the time when it shouldn't and then none of the time when it should. That's kind of the general gist. Um, there is no cure as of right now. I mean, obviously, and it's a chronic disease. The medicine that you get on um, its entire goal, like we talked about a little bit earlier, is to prevent future attacks. And attacks are just instances where your brain and your immune system is attacking that myelin sheath. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's specifically, once again, I don't understand why with contrast it glows bright white when that happens. But that's what's hey. going on. And so whenever you do MRIs, uh, previous attacks or lesions is what they kind of call them. Mm-hmm. It just appear dark gray. Okay. In comparison to medium gray. I yeah. don't know what the rest <laughs> of the brain looks like. You know, he's, I've seen yeah. pictures, but it, I, you're like, you know, ah, what am I, what are these gray blocks? Yeah. It looks that, like a, that's kind of the deal. It looks like for anyone old school out there, it looks like film that got exposed to sunlight before it got developed <laughs> and has splotches. And you're like, what is, what is happening yeah. here? So. But I have seen the one that, where I was having an active attack mm-hmm. and you can tell there it, it is bright white wow. in comparison to just nothing else is like that. Okay. So, and then, so you said there's no cure. Correct. What about cause? Once again, am I jumping the gun here? No, 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 you're not. Um, they don't know at all what the cause is. Hmm. Um, they, they think there might be a little, uh, some genetic component, but it's not like a clear cut runs in the family thing. Like if you have MS, then like if you had kids, they would be they really don't even have great numbers on this somewhere between five and twenty five percent higher chance to have MS. So okay. it is some genetic component, but not a ton. For whatever reason, they have found people that are further away from the equator are more likely to get it. Hmm. I. Once again, no clue. And I don't think sounds anyone like, else really does either. Yeah, it sounds like they don't really know what's going on. And then no. how, um, so you may not know, but how, do you know how common it is then? Like one in every however many thousand or just percentage? There, I believe right now it's somewhere on a little under a million cases in the U.S., I think. Okay, so float right around a million, so it's like yeah, one so one, in th- one in three hundred and thirty. Yeah, my math checks out. Yeah, that's somewhere. pretty common then. A little, I would relatively, say relatively. So. Yeah, uh-huh. um, more common than I would have expected. Right. I would have expected like a one in ten thousand or one right. in fifty. And 000. now I'm a little concerned that I might be telling you in out of U.S. That's instead why of we have out Google. of Google instead of out of worldwide. That's why we have Google because they very recently came out with new numbers, which is strange that they realize new stuff but and i do know that uh over 80 percent of cases are women oh i there you go bucking the norm (laughs) not just another statistic yet again (laughs) um and then Uh, you're right there are nearly one million people in the united states living with ms yeah 200 new cases a week yeah which two point three million globally. Okay, which is kind of strange. Those numbers sound odd to and, me. And here you go, the thirty seventh parallel. Which fun fact, I believe is the same parallel that splits the Koreas. Is so when you go north of that, 
It's 110, 110 to 140 cases per 100,000 people. Okay. But then when you're south of that, which we're pretty... Oklahoma, I think, is on the 30, 37th parallel, like yeah, right near. we're pretty close. But um, you go south of that, 57 to 78 cases per 100,000 people. Yeah. So, like you said, it's a more higher instance the further north you are. I wonder if yeah. that has to do with winter. I don't know. That's so interesting. It is bizarre, huh? as okay. a lot of this is. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I get... I get going on MS. I get started on my on my pills. I uh, have to take one. Uh, I have to take one pill twice a day. Yeah. Uh, the first stuff I was on was called Tecfidera. Its entire purpose, like I said, is to not let uh, any new lesions happen. Uh, for the first month I took it, I was terribly sick. Like laid me down sick to my stomach for about an hour after I took each pill. Oh my gosh. And then after that, for about two weeks after that, it was about 30 minutes after each pill. Jeez. And then it just kind of worked its way to where, I mean, you you hung out with me yeah. over the past four years. So yeah, I got to where it really didn't affect me at all. It was very rare that So how it did that change me. your daily routines? Because where what was your work situation at that time? So my work situation was working at a bank. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, it would be about 8 to 5. Okay. Take a lunch break, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd take a pill as soon as I woke up in the morning. Would feel crappy. Most of the time in my office, I would take it on my way to work, so that way I would be in my office and... Okay. Um, you know, people weren't bothering me typically that early. And then I'd take one before bed. And so, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was exhausting is the real thing. I mean, being sick for an hour, uh, two hours a day, every single day. And then you're not sure what in the world's going on. Your whole world is rocked. You're sitting here in a job that requires you to talk to people all the time. And you're trying to figure your own life out and, how long you have to continue to be able to move around or mm-hmm. to be able to operate, you know, with your mind. Cause for the first year that I had it, you know, I had done nothing but look at it ended up being horror stories. Uh, people who ended up a lot of times, not everyone, but in a lot of cases, um, you go from relapsing, remitting multiple sclerosis, which is what I have, which basically means that you have symptoms, you have an attack, you have a relapse, and then those symptoms go away while you're remitting. Mm-hmm. And so you don't notice them just in general day to day necessarily unless you get hot. You have mm-hmm. a fever. You have food poisoning from a national fast food chain, pizza chain, Domino's, or something like that. And then a lot of times you'll progress then to what's called secondary progressive uh, multiple sclerosis, which means that your symptoms don't really go away. They do oh. some, but your progression just keeps rolling. Uh-huh. It just keeps getting worse. And then from there, you transition over to primary progressive multiple sclerosis, where it is just always getting worse. Jeez. And so and so I guess like so there's three tiers then. Yeah. And then it sounds like if you can stabilize at that first tier, you're all right. Second tier is kind of a transitionary phase. And then third tier, it sounds kind of like you degenerate. I mean, can you, can you give us a ballpark idea of what what that looks like a little bit? I mean, well, um, you know, like I've said, with the relapsing mm-hmm. remitting, the majority of your symptoms go away 
mm-hmm. unless you are having an active attack okay. or you have a fever or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The secondary, some of them stick around no matter what. So say you, um, and the fun thing is it can attack any which way and shows up in every single person different. So say, well, that's fun. I know. So say one of them is you lose strength in your mm-hmm. left hand. Like that was an attack that, that just happens to be one of the spots that it uncovered that nerve mm-hmm. in your brain that controls being able to clinch a fist. Huh. I mean, that's really what this all is. Wow. It's bizarre. But so say you do that. But then if you have relapsing remitting, you can have a pretty normal, you know, left hand. Mm-hmm. Say you'd be able to clinch and all that unless you have the fever and all, another attack, stuff like that. Then it'd go right back to clinched. Whereas if you have secondary, it would be kind of once again. These yeah. are all uh, depending upon the person and the mm-hmm. case and all that. But in a lot of cases, you get it to where you could mostly go back to normal whenever you're not having an attack, but not completely. It just mm. you'd have symptoms still showing their heads. Then primary progressive, it just doesn't go away, oh, and geez. then it just keeps eating at you. You know, say it's your left yeah. knee next that you can't extend it, or uh-huh. you know, you so, can't remember stuff. You know, all that kind of thing. Okay. So how does it affect, how does it affect, say, so it obviously can affect mobility depending on where you catch it and where it gets to. Yes. And then it sounds like once you get to that third tier, it's kind of like you, it's all, to me, it sounds similar in some ways to kind of how ALS just breaks you down. Right. Yeah. That, I would say that's pretty accurate. ALS Mm -hmm. is, I would say more. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's maybe a little more, more severe, but yeah, in just yeah, in yeah. terms of, you know, when someone gets ALS, that's what you think. You think, okay, they're going to start, like, right. they're going to be in a wheelchair in five years, you know, whatever, and then and then probably die. So, yeah. which brings me to my second question, then, does, how does that affect, say, life expectancy? So, it's getting better if, with closing uh, between just a normal you know, normal quote unquote person and someone with MS. So it is, that gap is closing, but last I looked at it, it's about 10 years shy. So, okay. So that's not too bad. No, it's really not. And you know, I can tell you from my own personal understanding Mm -hmm. and thinking that I guarantee you that a lot of it is, um, like for me specifically with my left leg, I still, I have issues every day Mm -hmm. with it. I mean, as you've seen, um, I can guarantee you that I have a much higher chance now of accidental tripping mm. to death. That kind of thing wow. being a cause yeah, of, yeah. you okay. know, the morbidity mm-hmm. on that scale. Right. You can't use one of your legs and you're at risk to fall and hit right. your head just yeah. right so or something like that. Yeah, so it's just that kind yeah. of stuff uh-huh. is really, uh, in a you lot of cases. You just can't get around as well. Kind of similar to, yeah. sorry to do this to you, but it's kind of similar to the, the you know, the elderly, right? It's like yeah. they fall, they're, they're, they're not as stable, they fall, they break their hip, they die. Like Sure. And, yeah, no, no. Okay. I mean, to my understanding, that's a lot of it mm-hmm. because MS itself really doesn't kill you it's, necessarily it's the, it's the progression of all the different kind of stuff that stops effects. you doing yes okay. it can it can uh, affect like the nerves that mm-hmm. control your breathing and your swallowing and stuff like that i mean you'd have to get pretty far down yeah that's terrifying though of still. that kind of stuff so unless once again am i jumping the gun but so you're 25 24 I was um, twenty four. I was almost twenty five. So you're so you're tw- you're mid twenties though. Yeah. And you find out you have this. You have MS. Yeah. 
And so, I mean, just maybe walk me through because we're basically the same age. Yeah. And so, um, I know, I mean, for me, I try and think about it and like, I stop thinking about it because it's kind of <laughs> insurmountably terrifying to think about like something like that happening. So just, I mean, walk me through the processing of that, of like, how do you even process? Cause you kind of talked about the story, but then right. I, I kind of want to try and dive into like your head and you said, of course, you, you know, you drove home. There was, yeah. you know, you obviously broke down, but like what, what did the next days, weeks, like what did the processing of that look like? And once again, right. if you're going to get into that through the rest no, of the no, story. No. Yeah, then, no. Um, absolutely. Um, what really the next week, two weeks, a lot of it was doing any and everything I could to stay busy. Okay. Cause I didn't want to just sit down and think because mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, That's I was you know to dark places. Yes, absolutely. And it, it creeps on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, even now I feel I'm in a much better spot now, even than I was say six months ago. Mm-hmm. To where it could, if you let it, it could just creep on me. And I, I don't know what to call it exactly. But um, another fun thing that with MS is uh, depression goes, the chances of depression, mm-hmm. um, they kind of coincide. Yeah, I guarantee you I'd be depressed if I got diagnosed with something like that. Right. Guaranteed. And, and so I went went pretty low there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, thank the Lord God Almighty. For my wife, she, (laughs) I remember coming home and I'm crying and she doesn't cry. She just hugs me and then says, it's okay. We got this. That was it. No tears. No, um, no wondering. Mm -hmm. Wow. Did I pick wrong? Yeah. I bet on the wrong horse (laughs) kind of a thing. Son of a gun. He broke his leg in the first furlong. Because there have been times when I've been, you know, wallowing in my own self pity Mm -hmm. that I looked over and said, you know, you have an out if you want it. I get it. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't what you signed up for. This is awful. She is all the time. I mean, she told me I was dumb for saying that, which is kind of how we operate sometimes, but you know, there's never been a question. And so I don't know what exactly it would be like if I didn't have her, Mm -hmm. that if God hadn't put her in my life, because I mean, I can tell you just with the way my brain works. I mean, I would just go down into a pit for zero reason at all. Like, (laughs) and so having her there the whole time, um, literally kept me, kept me moving forward, Mm -hmm. kept me driving. And so then it was at that point that I'm like, okay, I don't like this job Mm -hmm. at all. I mean, I, it made next to no money beans really was what they were paying me, which I'm not upset at them. That was the job. I mean, it's not like they were paying me, you know, terrible wages, just out of spite it's just that's the job I mean, mm-hmm. it's literally a step above a teller and so a teller's college job and then you get to move in right. doing your own thing um but i had no real plan mm-hmm. on getting out of there i didn't really have any focus didn't know what i wanted to do nothing like that and then you get diagnosed with this and you're like oh i can't just keep doing spinning mm-hmm. the wheels yeah it's kind of what it turned into that I got to figure out a way out of here. 
I quit drinking Coca-Cola cold turkey completely, which... That's a big jump. ...was not super fun, but that's just what I had to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to relearn how to walk because I couldn't walk for uh, maybe a quarter mile. It was really about as far as I could walk. And then your Um, leg just started giving out. Left started giving out. I was also out of shape, so Mm -hmm. that was a combo there. Um, So I started walking around uh, the bank that I worked at. I just, you know, it would be one lap, and then I got up to where I would do two laps, and then I got up pretty much to about half a mile. I would walk outside of that bank, and then I started doing just a little jogging. It took me to where I would jog, I don't know, 20 yards, Mm -hmm. and that was about all I had. And I worked my way up to, um, over the course of the next couple months, uh, to running a mile three times a day outside of that bank. (laughs) The whole time, man, to where people were always concerned, like, is does he work here? And they're like, yeah. There's a dude out there in khakis, in khakis, taking laps. I, I took, uh, I got to where I would bring tennis shoes, okay. hide them under my desk, and just whenever I'm like, oh, it's time to go, then I would just put on the tennis shoes, be out there in my khakis and my polo, doing a jog. And this is in the middle of winter; it's eight degrees outside. And I'm just out there boogieing. <laughs> and so over that course of those uh, months, I went from weighing 215. I got down all the way to 168. Oh, man. That sounds like high school weight probably. Yeah. No, that was pretty pretty much high school weight. Okay. And so, you know, I had cut coke completely. I hadn't had any of it. I was running a mile. I mean, legitimately, probably in the best shape of my life. I mean, if I tried to push it past a mile, but that was that was all the leg. Had. That was the limit. No yeah. matter how much hmm. how much more I wanted to do faster, anything like that, that I I truly hmm. found the limit. And then from there, you know, the other side of it was work. I got to where I was shadowing a loan officer, figured out I wanted to do credit analysis, drove to that. Uh, you know, applied to a million different jobs anywhere near until I finally got a job doing that. And I get, I don't know if I ever would have done that. Yeah. If I wouldn't have been diagnosed, I really don't. Um, surely I would have, but it's just tough to tell. And that's just, I don't know. It's one of those things that like you, I mean, like this whole series is right. Blessings born from tragedy. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee it's opened my eyes to a level of empathy I never had before mm-hmm. because, you know, I I was a good person, but I was I didn't care about stuff, <laughs> particularly other people's woes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, all right, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, yeah, that that's terrible. Mm-hmm. OK, no, let's figure this out. And just the empathy, the we can do this you know you and i i'll I'll help you however i can we'll figure this out kind of a thing and that's kind of you know what got me going got me here and you know even through the vid and all that kind of stuff i mean that really didn't ever scare me or anything like that i mean i have a compromised immune system obviously yeah but i would never really concerned i mean i got to where i found a job that i can work remote mm-hmm. permanently which is how you and i are living together currently yep. uh spoiler alert but um you know it's all that kind of stuff that god has just opened my eyes to i don't know a different way to live a different 
approach, maybe? Open up your perspective on life perspective a little bit more. Perspective might be. Right? Uh, that's a, yeah, that's a great term. Maybe, maybe, maybe you took you out of kind of your, and use these terms loosely and also just to kind of generalize, but kind of took you out of your, maybe your, your self-centered, yeah. selfish pit of like, well, I'm just doing things. Like, I'm not worried about anyone else to like, oh crap, this is happening. I, what's, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. And then kind of just opened you up to the fact that like, oh, like things happen to people and cause this thing happened to me. So then kind of opened that up too. So to look a little bit more outside of yourself. Yeah. I would say all of that is entirely accurate. And then, you know, from there you, of course, at least I, of course, <laughs> um, went into, man, people don't just, just don't get it. Like mm-hmm. I got it rough and I came through this, like that kind of thing starts to happen too. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, shut up. Yeah. And then even a closer example to you and I is that whenever you told me about the blessing born from tragedy, you said mm-hmm. that, Hey, I want to get you on this sometime. I'm like, okay, no, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was the inspiration for this. Yeah. That makes sense. And then, then I'm like, man, I'm going to have a good one. And then I start hearing a bunch of your other ones. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I am such a jerk. These are crazy. Dude, I don't oh know. Oh, my Lord. I don't know how I got the ones that I've gotten already. <laughs> Those are incredible. They are absolutely insane. And so that has been Which, also- by the way, quick plug here, is not necessarily the point. I didn't, I wasn't out here looking, I'm not looking to one-up the game. I'm looking <laughs> just for people who have gone through something and come out the other side and are like, I look this. I mean, because I use my sister as the example because hers was simply, I say simply in quotes, yeah. but simply going through college during COVID, which yeah. for her specifically turned out to be extremely hard. And I'm sure for plenty of people and oh, so like sure. I don't want to I just always like to make that known like it doesn't you don't have to have a crazy got diagnosed with MS I was adopted from across the world <laughs> my entire family got converted to Christianity because my dad miraculously right. healed from cancer those are all spoilers by the way so yeah but yeah but you're it, right. it, I mean it's been that's been one of my favorite things that I've heard from any podcast in a long time because mm-hmm. it has opened me up yet again to an insane <laughs> amount of perspective. Mm-hmm. Like over and over. Every time you start to get to feeling yourself a little bit, you're like, oh my gosh, Lord, I'm sorry. Oh, yep. thank you for letting me have loving parents mm-hmm. from here. <laughs> yeah. And all that kind of stuff. It's, I mean, it's. Well, that's how I felt kind of my entire life. I came from a good family and good yeah. household and I'm healthy as can be really. And so, but it's also kind of sometimes been in the back of my mind, especially after you got diagnosed. I, my, that was my first thought was, oh crap, is that the only, because in a lot of ways, sometimes you look at this as like, this is the only way as people, we are so stubborn, no. maybe unconsciously so, yeah. right? And so I started seeing these situations as this is what it took yeah, to push through that stubbornness for, for God to open our eyes. And so I'm like, I, I'm, I sit there, I'm like, I hope I'm not that stubborn. But then at the same time, I'm like, if I am, I am and I'll get through it and I'll be better for it. So no, that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing is that I think it did take something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can tell you, um, if you know or remember, really, in the Bible, uh, Peter, um, uh, the thorn in the flesch. That, that was Paul. 
Paul. It was Paul. Excuse me. Excuse wow. me. Wow. Yeah, I know. You are. I know. I immediately <laughs> messed up, especially when it's like one of them that I've really um, molded my uh, life kind of after post-diagnosis is, you know, he uh, begged the Lord three times to heal him of yeah. his thorn. And whenever it did not get healed, um, he realized that the Lord uh, becomes greater in his weaknesses mm -hmm. because he's still able to do this. And it must mean that God Almighty is that incredible, right? And so I can't say that it was only three times that I begged the Lord <laughs> to heal me of this. It was several more, but it's that like same... four times? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe five what did you get yeah. close to ten? Oh no it was a full quinceanera of uh a day uh, maybe yeah it was it was a bunch mm. and each time i would forget about it and be like lord this is the last time i get it if if it's no then show me how i can uh use this mm -hmm. and i think that has worked in a lot of cases but then Four or five months later, something else would happen. Be like, Lord, I know we talked about it last time, but if I've done enough now, maybe just immediately start bargaining right. with the Lord, which is very clearly says don't do. Mm -hmm. And yet I found myself doing that. Yeah. And so, you know, I just do what I can to remember that, you know, this is my thorn in the flesh oh. and God is greater because... Now more people, maybe more people with MS or another story like that, see me talking on the greatest podcast that there is these days. And they're like, oh, if he can do that, then I can do it, too. That's the hope. And it's all because of the Lord God Almighty. I mm -hmm. promise you that. Mm -hmm. It's not me. I'm just I'm just a dumb kid from, you know, from, I'm just a dumb Okie. Yep. And me, too. So, um... So you get diagnosed and you yep. start, you kind of make this plan, you start moving and you kind of, I don't know, kind of, it kind of shifts your total perspective. Yeah. Well, talk to me about like living with MS then as far as like for, cause I know a lot of this stuff, but people sure. listening may not like, I know the whole thing about like heat and certain yeah. limitations. Maybe, so maybe talk about that a little bit okay. too. Yeah. Like what you, after you got it, you're like, okay, like how do I operate? Like what things? <laughs> yeah. You know. So in a lot of cases, um, people with MS have heat intolerance. Okay. So, and I am certainly one of those people where if I get hot, if it's hot outside, you know, my intern, basically it's when your internal temperature heats up. When your internal temperature heats up, um, you, get oh i can't remember the name i think it's ustav's phenomenon oh. where your previous symptoms flare back up you know it's not they uh it's not new symptoms it's nothing like that it's just so like for me my leg when i get hot i can't use it it gets it just goes peg leg or mm -hmm. starts trembling you know that kind of thing to whereas uh if someone else say their left eye they can't open it when it all of a sudden and so when you get hot that happens. You cool back down. You you okay. get back to pretty well normal. Um, giving you an A plus because you first got the statistics right off the top of your head. Um, I haven't looked up what was the uh, remelopathy or whatever it was. Ridiculopathy. Ridiculo I'll look it up. Don't you worry okay. about it. But you did get it right. Uthoff's phenomenon. Yeah. Is um, the worsening of neurological symptoms in MS and other 
demyelinating diseases when the body is overheated. So um, it can come from hot weather, exercise, fever, saunas, hot tubs, hot baths, anything you name hot food and drink even. Interesting. Okay, cool. Radiculopathy? Yep. Read it. Radiculopathy, a disease of the root of a nerve, such as from a pinched nerve. Ah, so any if, if you've ever had hey, this is in this is goes in this goes in the <laughs> bank with tumble puffs, all right? If you've ever had um yeah, so if we, I've had pinched nerves. Yep. I've had radiculopathy. You've had radiculopathy. I'm, I am recovered it, from radiculopathy. Doesn't it sound so much more fun than it, it is? It sounds way too fun It sounds to be like disease. the disease that uh, the Joker has where he right. can't help but laugh. Yeah, he's radiculopathy. Anyways, so <laughs> you get hot and yeah. it shuts down. Do they? So, so they don't know about anything else about MS. It's outside of the mechanism of how it works, but as far as... It, you know, it seems like it's kind of a mystery disease. So do they know how, why heat triggers it basically or no? Not to my knowledge. And then makes sense. It's called a phenomenon for a reason. Yeah. And the real thing of it is everyone, it MS affects every person differently. Okay. Yeah. And so I kind of was talking about that with the left hand mm-hmm. or versus my, like my leg. leg, you know, that kind of thing. And it's never something you can see on the outside. So it's also called an invisible disease. Ugh. Because if you're just looking at me, yeah. unless you're walking, watching me walk around, you you would have mm-hmm. no idea. You know, I'm just a normal, good-looking, balding yeah. guy. So um, <laughs> from there, you know... You the blend other, right in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly. Exactly. So um, the other stuff is stuff... Uh, they call it cog fog, which means, uh-huh. you know, when I get hot... When anyone, most anyone with MS... You get hot or you're feeling sick or you're tired, stuff like that. You can't think. Your brain is just not processing Mm -hmm. things. Um, I can't think of words. I can't think of what was I going to do. You know, stuff like that. So like heat is ironically so like the devil then like it yes. shuts you down. Yes. And so you're like you you can't like do not get hot basically is. Right. OK. Yeah. No, that that and you live in Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. Good job Which, on that one. Um, an Airbnb host has, uh, they had family down here and their family referred to summers in Oklahoma as sitting on the surface of the sun. (laughs) (laughs) It can be like that sometimes. Okay. So, well, that's a big lifestyle change then because, well, and we joke about this all the time. I like to sometimes, you know, obviously I love hot tubs and sometimes I like to do Epsom salt soaks when my body hurts and you're, and and like, so that's totally out of your wheelhouse now. How awkward question. Um, feel free to not answer (laughs) showers. Are they like lukewarm then? Or does that really matter? Showers I've really been able, um, they're still pretty normal, I yeah, would say. Okay. I mean, they're you not have to go like cold I've, shower. Mode. No, no, no. I've never had to. I've never done like the crazy hottest shower. I right. mean, I don't try to burn my skin. No. But <laughs> shout I out think to my wife. Kind that's of literally hers. That's <laughs> awesome. She's wife. like, I'm done with the shower once it starts to burn. <laughs> like once my skin starts to peel off, <laughs> then I'm done with the shower. Yeah, and so. You know, um, my guess is that having the open air mm-hmm. that's cooler mm-hmm. in the shower yeah. kind of offsets it enough. Okay. I, I don't know exactly, mm-hmm. but it, it really, it, that hadn't changed me. Um, do not take baths yeah. or hot tub, mm-hmm. really. Um, Obviously, if it's like too hot outside, you're not going to go do anything outdoors. Not like, really. Like no. the, Yeah, like any of the food truck festivals in the summer, like you, you, you yeah, maybe I, short stints. Yeah, short stints. I can do uh-huh. a little bit because, I mean, it's your internal temperature. That, okay. Whenever that heats up, 
is when everything really so can, starts to fall is there, apart. Is there kind of a point? So for me, like, I pass out sometimes um, to overstate it. Not recently, not really much anymore, but <laughs> it is still a possibility. So I know what it feels like when it's coming on. Now, a lot of times it comes on so fast that, like, I'm like, I'm going to pass out, and, like, I'm out. But typically, I, like, I can be like, oh, I'm getting a little dizzy. Oh, no. Like, I get this yeah. weird feeling in my tongue. I don't have, I, like, <laughs> I, literally, and it happened to the gym, and I, and so, like, I, like, squatted down and, like, sat down and was, like, ready just in case I did. And it's only every yeah. for a few seconds, but... Um, I guess, is there something like, like, could you, can you, is there a point where you can kind of tell like, uh, I think we're maybe we're getting close to that threshold. So sometimes, I mean, like you said, sometimes it just kind of comes on a little quicker than anticipated, Mm -hmm. but specifically with me and my leg, since it's that I can tell when I'm getting hotter because I start getting a little more of a limp. Yeah. I mean, I start really digging the shoulder, dropping it deep and low, (laughs) um, but at the other side of it is I still so badly want to, you know, be quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. So I keep trying to push through yeah. it. And then it gets to a point where this is. Yeah, this is bad. And now we're halfway through and now we're not close to, we're you know, the exit or whatever it is. Like when I was halfway around that lake and I Precisely. was like, yeah, that would be the, the time five mile mark. And I'm still ways away. And it's like, well, there's just got to keep moving forward. Right. Not that I'm walking seven miles ever, but I mean, it's that kind <laughs> Same of thing. Same sort of scenario. Yeah. To where you get halfway and you're like, I just want to be done. Mm. This is getting bad. <laughs> just drag me. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'll sit I, here just. I've more than once said that to people. Like, hey, can you just... I, I'll fall. You you take me. Or I'll just lay down here, get the truck, and bring it back and load me up. I don't, I don't have load any business. Load me up like a fresh kill. Like and then just... pretty much every time, of course, my wife is there and she says, no, we're halfway. Come on. Mm. You can do it. I'm like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. want to... So how do you balance then? What is that? How did you figure out the balance then of like, because I very much, it sounds from what I know, it kind of seems like there's a, it it sounds similar to certain things where it's like, okay, like for instance, when I'm working out and it's like, I go through some discomfort, there's a difference between like, I'm pushing my muscles and I'm hurting my muscles. Right. So with living with it then, and like figuring out like how active you need to be and like physical therapy versus like okay i'm actually gonna do i'm gonna get caught out in the middle and i'm half a mile from the car because i actually and you know now i'm kind of compromised so like how did you like what does that look like or how did you figure that that out? is a beautiful question that i am still struggling with okay. deeply um i got to where i was very good at it for the first mm-hmm. so for the first let's see what are we at now four years little four and a half years okay. since i was diagnosed yeah. Yeah. And so for the first, I would say three and a half years, mm-hmm. I figured it out. That was when I was running a mile yeah. three times a day. That's when I really had a good grasp on mm-hmm. what my body could do, what it couldn't do, where I was at. Um, And during that whole three year stint, you know, I was getting MRIs at first for the first two years. It was I would get three MRIs. So I would get oh, a man. brain uh, neck and then an upper back. Oh, gee. To check, you know, my, yeah. obviously my brain and then my spinal cord mm-hmm. because, um, it was a relapse. It was a basically a lesion on my spinal cord. It was a really big one. And my neurologist is like, yeah, that's what caused the leg. Leg. Okay. And so I had that figured out. And so I would do three MRIs at for, for the first two years. It was every six months. And then at that point there was no new lesion. So it, it was we backed it out we just do them once every year now 
Mm-hmm. And so we did that, did that. And then at the beginning of 2021, I, I don't know. Once again, I was kind of letting my physical fitness kind of fade mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, I was taking it easy, you know, that kind of thing. And I got sick, which, you know, in, in like February, something mm-hmm. like that, to where I couldn't walk again. I was, I was, I was dead tired for like three weeks oh, to man. where it was like, it was at the point I was already working remote. So I was just working from bed for three weeks. And so I think, I don't know, but I think that was when it happened. And so that's when I had a relapse. I think. Okay. I know I certainly did sometime between December 2020, because that's when I had mm-hmm. uh, my round of basically checkup MRIs, yeah. and then October of 2021, because I went back to the neurologist and he did some tests, you know, just lift your legs and yeah. lift your ankles, all that kind of stuff. He's like, ooh. You had an yep, attack. Let's go ahead and we need to go ahead and uh, do MRIs now. To, this, you know, I this doesn't look good, but let's do this these now. You know, we were going to do them in a few months anyway. Let's just do them now. Man. And I did have new. That lesions. is that is so eerie that like you can you can develop these new lesions and you really I mean, you kind of have an inkling because you might it right. might act up on you, but you really don't necessarily know. They just kind of happen. Like right. you said, an invisible disease. Yeah. Golly. And the interesting thing is there's a lot of these lesions um, that happen to where. If they don't hit a certain spot, mm-hmm. if they don't uncover a certain piece of the myelin yeah. there that's protecting nerves, you won't even really notice at all. Oh. It's just whenever they hit certain spots mm-hmm. on your brain or on your spinal cord that that's when you're like, oh, you know, your legs went out on you. Okay. You're, you can't see as well, mm-hmm. um, whatever it might be. Right. And so that's whenever that, you know, I. <laughs> It was so unfortunate because I didn't have a single other attack, you know, mm-hmm. in the first three years to where I was at the point like, OK, I just take the pill, you know, twice a day. No biggie. And right. just keep it moving. This is just this is fine. Mm-hmm. I got it. And then that happens. You're like, oh, crap. Yeah. So it it can it is still going to, you know, I had mm-hmm. let myself get to the point where I'm like, this is just what it is. It's not going to get worse. It's just we're going to be stable. Yeah. And then you're like, and oh, happens. and you're like, well, I, maybe not. I guess not. And so now my leg is worse. And mm-hmm. that's a pretty rare thing also oh. that it attacks. It's kind of like getting strike lightning strike in the same place twice. You know, they always say it can't yeah. happen, but it does it actually does. happen. And that's the same thing. I mean, it's not the exact same thing Uh that it affected, but I mean, it's close enough. Same leg, you know, ankle kind of a thing. Like, it's close enough. Golly. (laughs) And so at that point, we had to switch. I'm no longer on pills Mm -hmm. uh, twice a day. We're now on a more. um, Oh, I can't. um, Not drastic. stronger yeah you're on a stronger treatment plan treatment, basically yeah it's not the word i wanted but it's fine um to where now every once every six months i get infusions so i get infused with the actual so, medicine. so the pills the pills are kind of like the low bar like you can keep it at bay and then yeah transfusions are like all right we gotta step up our game right. against it basically right yeah that's that's precisely what it is and now uh the transfusions take Oh, about four hours. So I okay. go, um, I get, 
Um, they first inject me with uh, Benadryl, a pretty good amount of it to prevent, you know, uh, adverse, you know, mm-hmm. reactions to it. And it makes me super out of it for like five, ten minutes before. Typically, mm-hmm. I just fall asleep. Uh, yeah. But for those five, ten minutes, I really yeah. think I should do a and a because who knows what I would answer back to you. But then from there, you know, they actually mix up the cocktail mm-hmm. of drugs or whatever it is. And then, you know, you're good for another six months. Don't yeah. have to take pills every day. So that part's nice, but it definitely does um, um, compromise my immune system. Okay. Like the pills kind of did, not really. Mm-hmm. MS kind of does, not super badly, but this stuff, it does. And so, you know, once again, it's very good that I work from home, yep. work remote, and all that stuff. I just have to deal <laughs> with uh, other people bringing in germs. You know, the, yeah. the rogue people in my life, I suppose. Who <laughs> just wander in, don't knock, and you're like, what are you doing here? And yeah. Now I'm sick. Precisely. No. <laughs> so I guess um, talk about, kind of maybe as we start to bring this around then. Mm-hmm. So you've been living with MS for how long now? About four and a half years from diagnosis. Uh-huh. Um, so who knows? I mean, Do they estimate? So was that a part of the conversation where they're like this, like, it could have developed earlier and been so mild that you didn't notice. They just flat don't know. Wow. I mean, certainly whenever my leg went out mm. on me at that point, I was, it was obvious like that's what it was. But even growing up, like I also would pass out yeah. stuff like that. That's, growing an, up. that's a vasovagal reaction to um, anyone who's worried out there. It's fine. I had stuff like that. Doctors couldn't figure out what was going hmm. on. I got migraines at one point. Um, when I was a junior in high school, one day I woke up and this same left leg did not work. It didn't flex oh. or anything like that, but it just, I couldn't. So you might have had it very, very it's mildly possible. years before. It's certainly possible. Jeez. And it's, no one, you can't know. No one knows. Um, well, it sounds like it's kind of tricky to get to that diagnosis anyways. Yes. Yeah. And the only thing is I did have a CT scan at one point when I was in high school on my brain and you know, I'm not trying to brag, but the doctor did say I have a perfect brain. <laughs> he said that to my parents who needed to give me more of uh, confidence because I had none of it at that point. So, and I don't know if you, I mean, they don't do CT scans to my knowledge yeah. to see about MS. So it might not have even shown up on that. Right. So <laughs> but it feels a little like oh of course you heard you had a perfect brain. I did. It turns out mm-hmm. brain got some problems. Yes. <laughs> brain. <laughs> something 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 went wrong there. Yeah. So um all right so talk to me about too about like you you obviously talked about Ash, your wife. Yeah. Um well what other what other support factors played into that? What did that look like? I mean, she's obviously the front lines of that and having someone like that. And I think it doesn't necessarily just have to be a spouse, but even just like a best friend or something. But like your family and then and then your, your other friends and people around you, like how did that have an impact or um, I guess what was what was that that aspect like? Really feels like you're trying to get me to talk about how you've helped me. Absolutely not. Uh. Okay, sure. Anyway, um, I was more thinking about your family. Yeah, sure. Anyway, um, the interesting thing is I don't try to bring up, especially the hard days around mm-hmm. my like my parents particularly, yeah. because I mean 
don't want him to what, worry. What parent wants to see their son have mm-hmm. difficulties? You know, in general, really. But um, even then, they've always been like, yeah, we got you. No worries. Okay. Um, you know, I know, like, we're going on a vacation here um, in a month or so with them. And this one, I've, to my understanding, is going to be really chill, really laid back, which mm-hmm. is very much the opposite of all family vacations growing up. It was go, go, go. Yeah. We don't want to have just an afternoon to hang out at the beach. Why? We don't have something planned. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> an excursion. It, it's that kind of family. Is. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. And so even that shift, I don't know mm-hmm. if I think it about has to be, but I don't know specifically that, that my stuff, you know, my need to have a chiller experience plays into that. I can't imagine it wouldn't yeah. have, but you know, it's stuff like that, that, um, stuff they do that, you know, without actually coming to you and say, Hey, Connor, I don't know. We're, what do you think? Should we be a lot chiller during right. this vacation? Stuff they like that. Do. And the annoying thing to me is sometimes, you know, I almost get resentful. Like they're just, mm-hmm. you know, trying to treat me with kid gloves. Right. No, <laughs> even it though feel, it feels patronizing, even though pride coming in and being like, yeah, no, that's yeah. all just pride. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's pride and like, it's also the you never want to be that person that slows the group down. Yeah. You know, no, that's, and so I think because yeah. that can play a part in it. Because anytime I've been in that sort of situation, obviously on a temporary standpoint, whether it's jacked up my ankle or what have you, you know, it's like, no, I want you guys to go have fun. And they're like, right. no, we want to have fun. We want to like you're a part of this and we want yeah. you to be a part of this. So what's more important is time with you that you're here and not that we're getting to go see to, we're getting to go do this one random thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had a lot of trouble still getting through that. Cause you know, well, like Ash, my mm-hmm. wife loves the beach and who, I mean, who does it, mm-hmm. but it's not like her and I are going to go on a, warm beach vacation yeah anytime soon and so you know there are times i'm like oh man i'm sorry you can't you know yeah. go to the, that i'm not gonna really go to the beach with you i mean and stuff like that she's like shut up <laughs> no we went to we went to the mountains just last year mm-hmm. i love the mountains i'm like okay no well, cool that's fine but i mean mm-hmm. it's stuff like that where people are just um Almost without, you know, saying anything or um, making sure I remember one specific time um, I was having a tough walk of it, Mm -hmm. to put it in a fun way. And um, there were friends that were already they were out in front. They were we were going to a restaurant or something like that. And it was pretty busy, but I had two friends walk in and pretty much tell the wait staff. We need to get him somewhere to seat now. And the waiters were like looking around like, we don't, we're, we're so busy. And then, of course, I'm working mm. my limping on in. And they're like, look, I guess we're going to find him a seat. And then the, they go and find a chair or something like that. Yeah. And they sit down. And I don't know if they tried not to let me see or if they didn't or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I noticed I'm like, oh, that's really nice of them. <laughs> uh, you know, that's really cool. Like yeah. I'm trying to pretend like, you know, I'm good. I'm like everybody else, but like that was that was really nice. <laughs> well, and that's and that's a maybe an important lesson that's come out of this too, is that like you have kind of clear 
somewhat mostly clear. You know, you, there's certain limitations in that. Yeah. We naturally, we, you know, we want to kind of fight against that, but it's not. And we, we, you know, we think we might be judged or we're holding people back. And it's like truly like your friends and your family, they typically no, they're they're here to support you. And so, you, you, you know, it's that classic like I don't want to. I don't want to be weak. I don't want to do that. Right. But then it's like, well, but you also have to kind of face reality and it's better for everyone. Like if you're not in denial, but then at the same time, they're not judging you and they don't look down upon you <laughs> I at know. all. Right. I mean, but it's, yeah. it's a constant freaking battle. Oh yeah. Because even just thinking about it, thinking about my friends like you and mm-hmm. your wife and just in, uh, for instance, like if you guys needed something or you guys couldn't do that, mm-hmm. I would do whatever I could. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't even be a question. Right. It would just be snap of the fingers like, all right, I'm there. And I, you know, thinking about it logically, I would expect it to be the other way also. <laughs> and yet it's still difficult mm-hmm. for me to it's get past different. that. It's different. It's not like the classic... Hey, Gus, I'm moving. I need help. And I'm like, which is you're very familiar with, but also most of my friends are very familiar with. I'm like, cool, I'm there. Right. And people are glad to have you help them out. It's just different and (laughs) more personal um, when it's like, you know, some thorn in your side or some ailment. So, um, all right. So at fear of rambling, (laughs) um, let's let's kind of. Let's finish this up with talking about. So this is releasing as this is coming out. We're at Walk MS. Yeah, Walk MS is happening today. You're part of. You started doing that. So um, I guess maybe talk about talk about kind of the future. Talk about your outlook with like going forward with your MS. Like what Walk MS does. Plug all the stuff and kind of just give some general information around it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Walk MS is uh, it's by the National Society National MS Society, which is. Uh, of course, a foundation um, entirely dedicated to research on the cure mm-hmm. um, out there to curing MS. And so they put on they I think they also have like a bike MS and mm-hmm. run MS, which are both things that I'm not about to go do. <laughs> um, but they have walk MS and they have it in a bunch of different cities around mm-hmm. the U.S. And so walk MS OKC, it just so happens to be Saturday here in as release right now today as of release right now this morning if yes. you're listening to it. and so what are you um, doing get out of the house go hit it up wheeler park that's where we're at wheeler park and starts at 9 30 um we'll be the ones in the super dope orange shirts that say mm-hmm. i only wear orange for ms <laughs> because orange is for some god is laughing at me reason orange is the color of ms <laughs> and Orange might be my least favorite. Ooh, orange. Yeah, orange is down there. I don't know. <laughs> it might be my least favorite color, just in general. Uh-huh. Taking the OSU versus OU thing out of it, I still just don't like orange. <laughs> just not your thing. It's huh? just not. Yeah. <laughs> so that's um that's what we're doing as you're listening to this. So hurry up and get there. Yeah. Or donate, maybe. Or you can donate, which there will be, of course, a link yeah. down in the description or the uh, the show notes. Um, that's a fancy term. We're not fancy around here. It's okay. just description. Eh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> to where you can go on and you can go through my team or you can not go through my yeah. team and just donate either way. 
Um, we'll put the link to your team. Yeah. And then if they if they're like, I don't want to donate to your team. <laughs> yes. Then you can go to the homepage Feel and donate. Nobody cares. Free. I uh, don't care near enough. Yeah, just donate though, right? Just give, right? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. And if you don't want to give to some nameless, uh, wonderful nonprofit dedicated to curing a degenerative disease, you can donate to me specifically. We'll figure that out as well. Get a hold of Gus, and then we'll we'll work through it from there. But I would prefer you donate to the people actually working to cure the disease. Because if you donate to me, it'll be a sub sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it'd probably be firehouse. It'll probably be firehouse subs, and no one will be happy other than me. It won't progress anything. Okay, Except so your satis- your taste buds satisfaction. Yeah, for a brief moment, uh-huh. then I'll be like that could have gone mm-hmm. to helping find a cure. <laughs> Right, right. So, and that's that's once a year in the spring, typically. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it sounds like MS, I mean, there's obviously, we all know about the walks, right? There's the Relay for Life. Right. There's, there's, and there's specific ones about, like, colon cancer. There's breast cancer. There's yeah. All, there, there's everything under the there sun. Is. And so it can be, I know to me, sometimes it can be like, I'll make the joke, like, oh, another walk. Like, yeah. you know, that's what it is. No, but then, I get it. But, I mean, I think they're all for good purposes, and they all f- are for good reasons. So, there you have it, folks. We're at Walk MS right now, and I'm confident that I have not had to um, hoist Connor onto my back and carry him the rest of the way, because we're, we're, you're going to get through. It's going to be nice and chilly, and you're going to be rocking it. So, <sighs> that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, check social media for any kind of updates. But we're doing that, so you can go donate there. Now, Connor, what you specifically, I, I guess kind of what's your outlook moving forward? What's your plan? Like, what's going on with you? We talked about kind of how you got here, but yeah. what's the future? Well, that's uh, that's fun. <laughs> um, so there's a few things that I'm kind of working on right mm-hmm. now, I suppose. Uh, one is that... For the company that I'm working for, the fully remote company, I'm getting more and more into uh, business advisory work. So, you know, it's basically contractors that we're working with and I'm working one on one with the owners and mm-hmm. helping them progress their business further and further and achieve their goals and woohoo, yeah. all that kind of stuff on the business side. But besides that, I'm also trying to develop a basically a program or curriculum, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um to go one-on-one with people and kind of teach them how to set and achieve goals that are going to progress their lives forward, get them out of the rut that I was in, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about it as if this person that I want to talk to was me right before I got diagnosed. They're in a rut. They're just kind of going through life. They're not happy. You know, I mean, not like, Oh, uh, not like they're depressed and all that kind of negative, but they're just cruising. Yeah. Kind of apathetic. And the thing is, if you're just apathetic, you're just cruising. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, one of three things in my mind is going to happen. You get a health scare, like you get diagnosed with MS. Mm-hmm. You get a financial scare. You lose your job because you're pretty apathetic and you're not that good at job. So, you know, you're not good at your job. You don't care about it. Or an emotional one. So say your spouse, significant other is tired of you just not caring. Mm-hmm. One of those three things are chances are they're going to happen. You know, you, I don't know of anyone who just lives apathetic without just being insanely rich to start with. Yeah. If regular people, obviously, being able to do that and one of those three things not happen, sooner or later they're going to. And so if I can get in there and show you, 
you know, using my own personal backing, I've done a lot of reading on the motivations, the habit building, that kind of stuff also. But if I can show you my own personal walk with mm-hmm. all this kind of goal stuff that I've been working on, that maybe you can avoid it. Connor's walk through MS, right? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's stuff yeah. kind of like that. I mean, it mm-hmm. really is. And, you know, that's the thing, because whether you want to get rolling on it now or you want to wait until something really bad shakes you Mm. you know sooner or later you're going to realize that you need to do something yeah and that's kind of something i've learned i've been learning too is that like if you you can either decide to start you know doing something with yourself making moves or you can wait around for life to slap you in the face and force you into it. it's gonna be a lot harder if you do it the second way so okay uh do you have an anticipated expected launch time period year um, decade I, I really don't necessarily yet but if you're interested in more information mm-hmm. please get a hold of gus yeah contact and, the show dm me yeah. if you're interested and maybe even getting more information yeah. on it um because i right now I'm trial just, runs kind of yeah i'm running through uh guinea pigs running them through the trial runs and surprise, stuff like surprise, that. that wasn't a very good one it's because i'm kicking butt at life <laughs> not at all no 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 but no i've as someone who's been a part of that guinea pig you've been a guinea pig yeah recommend it give it a shot why not um because once it goes live and it goes big you have to shell a lot of cash yes so it's like get it while you can right you know situation so okay okay well that's awesome so you're still moving forward with the plan and just gonna kind of uh, I guess is your are you still do you fall into the mindset ever of like how you were before before you got your that first three years where you like I'm cruising this is how it's going to be or since that attack have you been more kind of like yeah, I'm cruising but something could happen are you are you always kind of maybe anticipating or just halfway ready for like when you go to your checkups like I could have had more attacks right um it's been recent enough mm-hmm. that uh, most recent attack that there hadn't been time to get back into the grind of not the grind, but the relaxation mm-hmm. that this is just the way it's going to be. OK, I just had my um, my most my three most recent MRIs mm-hmm. on uh, Wednesday. And so that also fun fact, breaking uh, breaking a barrier. That's MRIs number 19, 20, and 21. Oh, that man. I've done. So I broke the 20 MRI threshold. Wow. People said it couldn't be done. And yet I did it. So what do you, what do you get for that? Is that the tumbler or is that the pullover that you get now? It says 20, <laughs> that, 20 that MRIs. is a, uh, wink and a high five and a credit card bill. <laughs> Those are the three things Look, you get for those. For how much those. money? At what point do you get your own MRI machine? Like you get these like, are the questions. Get your name on it because you've had <laughs> so many that they're like, all right, we're gonna name one after you know. Like people donate a gazillion dollars and they get a whole hospital wing named right. after them or yeah. cancer center, whatever. And it's like, at what point do I get so many MRIs that y'all name this machine? Right. <laughs> there really should be kind of a punch card situation, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> Um, but I haven't, I haven't been made aware of that yet. So I'm not there yet, I guess is really what it comes down to. Okay. Well, (laughs) cool. Um, uh, honestly, Connor, thanks for coming on and sharing your story. Do you have any other, I mean, closing thoughts kind of, or if you maybe just want to quickly recap, I mean, out of all this experience, I think it's kind of been obviously made, but just to kind of close out with like the big takeaways for you and kind of, and how MS changed your life. For the better in some oh, it ways. Did. It did in many, many ways. Yeah. I mean, I would 
in a weird way of saying it, I would do it all over again. Yeah. Like if I was able to re up for MS, if I got the results that I have, Mm -hmm. I mean, if it wouldn't have changed anything, then no, (laughs) but it has. I mean, Uh like I said earlier, I mean, it gave me a whole new sense of life, empathy, um, perspective, Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff, drive, grind. I mean, and it brought me a whole lot closer to God. Mm-hmm. It really did. I mean, I was I was always a Christian before yeah. that, but I was kind of one of those almost not completely, but somewhat apathetic Christians. Yes. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, that we even now can fall into without, mm-hmm. um, you know, you mix up Paul and Peter. I mean, right. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what was that? Fort, fourth Corinthians? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's just stuff like that to where. It's what had to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at now. Okay. It's what it's what had to happen. Wow. Well, there you have it, folks. That was um, quite the whirlwind of a story and something that um, is kind of extremely hard. But as you can hear, I mean, Connor, you did it. So I'm not going <laughs> to. I just realized I'm going to post record an outro. So I almost got into my outro, but I'm not going to do that. So, Connor, thank you for coming on. Thank, thank you for you. telling your story. Um, we're kicking butt at walk MS right now. If you're not there and there's still time, get out there. Otherwise go hit the website, maybe our teams, Connor's team specifically. Um, but if not, just consider donating to this cause, because as you heard, this is a complete mystery disease. We don't know what's going on here. So uh, be sure to check that out. Connor, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, folks, that does it for this Blessings from Tragedy with Connor and dealing with him, with MS in his mid-20s and something that he will be dealing with the rest of his life. And I think, you know, you saw the proof is in the pudding right there, how insurmountable, it's kind of weird, it's been kind of an inexplicable blessing on his life personally. And so I just think that's incredible because most people, you look at that, it's like, oh, wow, you got MS when you were 24? you know, that you had to kind of like ruin your life in a lot of ways. And I think in some ways, yeah, he, he touched on how hard it was to adapt and cope, but how ultimately he is now mentally and emotionally more resilient and stronger and has a whole different outlook on life and kind of got his life going in a lot of ways. So yeah, that was an incredible story and one that's very close to me, as he kind of alluded to, we are currently roomies sharing an Airbnb, his wife, him and his wife and me and my wife. So that's pretty fun. But if you, uh, last reminder, link in the description, if you want to go donate to to the MS Society to help find a cure, but also if you have a, a story of blessings from tragedy in your life or just one that you know of and you want to you'd be willing to come on and share that story, reach out to me. You can email the show. It's the rambling Viking at gmail.com or it's the rambling Viking podcast on social medias, Instagram, Facebook, or if you know me personally, just DM me. However you can get a hold of me, send that in. And maybe you don't want to come on, but you just want to send your story over and I can highlight it and read it out. That's fine with me. However, wherever you want. And uh, one thing I will always respect is I will respect that it is your story and you have absolute rights to it. And so, Um, What that includes basically is that I won't publish anything against your wishes. And if, if say I publish it and then you, you have second thoughts and it's like, actually, I don't know if I want this out there, I'll respect that and take it down. So we're trying to, we're trying to build positive 
uplifting culture through powerful stories of overcoming struggle and uh, lighthearted fun on other episodes. So I'm still working out the details on all of that. So be sure to um, to make sure to subscribe to the show, follow us on social to stay up to date on any updates. This was a special edition because it, it, the timing worked out for this to be happen on Walk In Mess. Normally, though, we're Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you get it's it's me monologuing on Monday. Wednesdays are usually right in, and then Fridays I do interviews and blessings from tragedy. So if you enjoy the series, please let me know. Please reach out. Go go leave go leave a review. Leave a comment, follow us, and stay up to date. And if you want to support this podcast, you can follow the link down below that says support this podcast and you can give once or you can give monthly and give as little as 99 cents. But this is my business. And so I'm looking to build this out, but only if the if the quality of the content is such that you think it deserves your money. So I'm not going to be out here begging panhandling virtually. No, but if you do want to support the podcast, you can do it that way. But that does it for this edition of the Rambling Viking podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. If you're new here, welcome to the Hanyak Horde. We will see you right here next time on the Rambling Viking podcast. This is your head Hanyak signing off.